Thus freed and forgiven, I'd relish the prospect of beginning again in the next city. Things would definitely be better this time. I would be better in Blacksburg. Specifically, I would amass a well-curated collection of affectionate but not emotionally needy friends. I'd meditate. I'd take up gardening and yoga. I'd cook more with ingredients like organic bok choy. My kids would like it now. I'd write with precision and emotional depth. I'd make more money doing it. Having completely sworn off mindless hours frittered away on Facebook, I'd read The New Yorker cover to cover every week. No more fussing at my kids or kvetching to my husband. In Blacksburg, I'd be more pleasant, more patient, more clever, happier. I believed so thoroughly in the healing power of geography, what a friend called the geographic cure, that I didn't bother to make plans for how these changes would occur. By stirring up the better angels of my nature, the right place would simply complete me. I realize this sounds like magical thinking. Wherever you go, you take yourself with you, a therapist might have scolded if I'd had one. And yet my life did change from city to city, dramatically so. How could it not, when so many quotidian details depended on where I was, from the supermarket where I bought my groceries to the friends we traded babysitting with. Plus, there's true psychic power in a clean slate. The time of moving introduces so much upheaval into our customary habits that change becomes far easier, points out the author Gretchen Rubin. In one study of people trying to make a change, such as changes in career or education, relationships, addictive behaviors, or health behaviors including dieting, 36% of successful changes were associated with a move to a new place. Want to lose weight? Stop drinking? Start working out? A new city presses the reset button, forcing you to at least temporarily abandon old patterns of thought and environmental triggers. The melody I was in Virginia would not, fingers crossed, turn out to be the melody I was in Texas. Not that I hadn't liked Austin. Moving there in 2010 had been like scoring a seat at the middle school popular table. You're so lucky, our friends squealed. It's such a great city. They rhapsodized about Austin's music scene, running trails, and impressive urban bat population, assuring us that we'd adore it as passionately as they did when they went to college, vacationed, attended the South by Southwest conference there. Convinced? we bought a house in the southwestern suburbs of the city. Never mind that my first visit to the city was our house hunting trip. We were going to commit. Except when we rolled into town after the 4th of July, Austin was mired in a soul-sucking heat wave that turned out to be not a heat wave at all, just summer in Texas. The air quivered with mosquitoes. Air conditioners rattled and clanked, the only sound in the otherwise empty neighborhood streets. Why hadn't anyone warned us how sweltering it would be, or that we'd have to navigate curling ribbons of freeway to get downtown, or that the high-rise sprawl of Austin's 816,000 residents would make us long for the quiet solitude of Iowa, the state we'd just left? We'd gone to Austin expecting perfection. How dare Austin not be perfect? Then, since it wasn't, the insidious thought came that maybe life would be perfect, or at least better, if I lived somewhere else. In each town I'd lived in as an adult, Silver Spring, Maryland, St. George, Utah, Ames, Iowa, Austin, Texas, I'd followed the same pattern, 
What started as, this is the place, would be edged out over time by geographic FOMO, or fear of missing out, a vague dread that some place better existed in the world and I didn't live there. Late at night, Quinn and I would lie in bed and quiz each other about where we would live if we could go anywhere at all. Would you prefer a big city or a small town? Do you like the mountains, the plains, or the coast? How important is low cost of living, good schools, a short commute? Clicking through Realtor.com listings was my mid-thirties suburbanite version of crystal meth, a filthy habit I couldn't quit. This is the last time, I'd tell myself. And then I'd creep online again to ogle Victorians in Corvallis, Oregon, or cut-rate bungalows in Lawrence, Kansas. On trips, I'd load up on the free real estate guides at gas stations and ask Quinn, would you live in Oklahoma City? What if I told